Welcome to the podcast that's dedicated to helping business owners to prepare for exit so you can maximize value and exit on your terms. This is the Exit Insights podcast presented by Succession Plus. I'm Daryl Bates-Brownsword and today I'm talking to Steve Prater. Steve is a a leadership, teams leadership coach and a business author. He's written two best-selling books so far, uh, so there's something going on there that he's got got right. Welcome, Steve. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Daryl. Great to be here. Brilliant. So, Steve, we're going to jump straight in and go, look, we connected, you're, you're talking, and, and we, we've both, um, I guess, read a lot and learned a lot and been involved in working and helping businesses develop over the years. We're similar. We've got a structured approach to our thinking, but you've taken it to a whole new level. You've designed, I guess, a, a system, a, a process to help businesses five times their, their, their revenue over, over a time period. Introduce us to the concept. How, how does it all work? Uh, because I've got a million questions ready to go, but uh, why don't you uh, lay the, the, the foundations and set the scene for us and we can start exploring. Okay, so, so the system, um, so I'm not the original idea creator of the system, uh, which called Pinnacle Principles, but I'm the main driver of the book that actually went deep and, and explained the whole thing uh, through the 15 Pinnacle Practices. So, so the book is called Pinnacle and the system is called Pinnacle. And the concept that you alluded to is that if you're a business owner and you have a business which, which is already a real business, so it's not, you're not a solopreneur, you have at least five to 10 employees and you have, you have a business that, uh, that can generate revenue uh, in a relatively stable fashion, then my uh, proposition is that you can 5X the value of this business, not the revenue, the value of this business within five years with the help of the five pinnacle principles, which are people, purpose, playbooks, performance, and profit. So these are the five pinnacle principles. And you can 5X your business um, by doing two things. One is by growing the top line, the revenue of the business by 20% per annum over five years, it's gonna give you two and a half times uh, growth in revenue and to double your net profit margin over this period from wherever you are. You're at 5%, you can at least, my uh, my belief is that you can at least get to 10%. If you're 10%, you can get to 20% by just following these principles. And, and the two together will give you a five time of your profit. Uh, and actually your, your, the business value could grow even higher because there's a thing called multiple expansion. The bigger the business, the higher the multiple typically. So if it's an EBITDA multiple for a 2 million business, it may be three or four. For a f- uh, 10 million business, it may be four or five or six, right? So, uh, so you can conservatively 5X the value of your business if you follow the principles, because it's gonna help you grow at least 20% per annum. And this is uh, my, my clients, I have 15 clients, and on average, the last three years, they grew more than 20% uh, per annum. And my co-author, Greg Cleary, he's been doing this for 10 years, and he's been experiencing more than 20% growth uh, over the period on, on his portfolio. So we know that it can be done, and then the profit margin can also be doubled in almost all cases, sometimes grown much more than double by just doing a few things right, like differentiating your business and systemizing your business 
and benchmarking your business and engineering it so that it becomes more profitable the next couple of years. So that's kind of the idea. Okay, so you're speaking topics that are near and dear to the listeners of, of this podcast. They're, they're business owners. They're looking to go, how do I increase the valuation of my business? They've made the mindset shift of, hey, look, exiting my business is more about the more it's more than just increasing the revenue valuation increases is partly profit increase but partly what are the the valuation levers what are some of the intangibles and yeah you know, how do we increase the, the 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 value of the business so i heard you talk about a five times valuation increase so i'm sure you got the attention of uh you know most of the listeners so one of the i guess you know you're talking about you know principles and and applying a, i guess a disciplined approach to process and 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 you know, uh, strategic thinking as opposed to and, and pulling yourself out of getting stuck at the day-to-day rat wheel type operations issues and just doing more of the same so you're you're suggesting doing some things different. I think it was was it Gino Wickman who's wrote a book and 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 has got some similar thinking around his principles and going, hey, look, you need to know where you're going, and if you know where you're going, that's half the battle. And once you know where you're going, here's you know, you break it down into bite-sized chunks, and 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 instead of just going, hey, here's my vision where I want to be in three years' time. You know, three years' time is so far off. I don't have to do anything specific today. So the discipline that Gino brings is going, well, what do I have to do today? Let's keep breaking it down into bite-sized chunks, one year, three months, you know, using the rocks principle, and then week by week, what do I have to do to make sure I get there? Is there any similarity? Is there, what, what are the differences? I'm, I'm sure, well, firstly, are you aware of the, the work by Gino Wickman and, and the traction concept? Absolutely, absolutely aware of it. I was an EOS implementer for five years uh, before I became a pinnacle guide. Yeah, Gino, Gino's uh, got a great concept. I mean, he's standing on the shoulders of giants that came before him. Yep. So um, what Gino wrote, I call it a management blueprint. And he was not the first one. So the first management blueprint uh, in my mind is the Emit uh, by Michael Gerber. And then uh, Jack Stack wrote the, the uh, Great Game of Business in 1991. And then Vern Harnish came up with the Rockefeller habits and then came traction and then scaling up and four disciplines. So there are many, many management blueprints. Yeah. So what we try to do with Pinnacle is to basically uh, build on everyone that came before us and, and bring it into the 20s. Basically, it's attraction for the 20s because EOS is great, but it's been around for almost 20 years now and uh, things have changed. And we know more than we knew 20 years ago, and we want to apply the state-of-the-art methods to growing a business. We still uh, need strategic planning. We need, still need to figure out the culture of the business, but we also need to coach uh, our people in a very intentionally. We also uh, need to be very clear about uh, the different elements of the vision to make sure that our business is powered by a powerful purpose outside of itself, which I think needed some clarification. We also have learned a lot about set and how to not set rocks and how to do set rocks. So we've got a lot of experience there, which the book explains. We also figured out at a deeper level how to systemize a business. And we have a really practical approach to it, a five-step approach that anyone can do it. And it kills procrastination because those people who are exhibiting the best practices, they are no longer expected to do the heavy lifting. They just have to perform their process. 
Um, we also talk about uh, different meeting structures. So EOS only talks about the level 10 meeting, but there are different meetings that uh, businesses can embrace. It's an opportunity and Pat Lancioni was kind of the, the pioneer who explained all that. So we, we talk about that. And then uh, how do you become a category of one in your industry? Uh, so we are really focusing on, on not just being a good business, not just get to base camp basically in two years with, with an EOS process, you can, you know, it's, it's two year journey. You, you can get to execute at a decent level. How do you differentiate your business? And then how do you keep growing it indefinitely, not just for two years, but into the future to reach your pinnacle and then maybe that's a false peak and there's a higher peak behind it and to keep on going. So the pinnacle system is that we meet every client where they are. Uh, it's a customized uh, operating system. And then we keep climbing with the clients and we keep growing with the clients indefinitely um, um, and build their own, ultimately their own business operating system that is gonna be branded in their companies strategy and uh, which they're going to own in the end of the process. Look, I, I, when you were speaking, I, there was about a 43 questions that went through my head. So I'll try and okay. remember the ones you, you covered so much ground. So I think you started with saying, hey, look, the traction book, you know, um, Gino was well, one of the first in my mind who, who basically collated everyone else's work and openly said so and building on that. And, and what I think you said is you're now building on top of that again, because it's kind of like 20 years dated. There are some things in business, running a business, there are some principles of running a business that just don't change. Like you, I think you mentioned, we need strategy, we, we need a purpose, we need a reason that gets us out of bed every morning that points everyone in the same direction. You, you talked about the principles of systemizing. But one of the things you did say, Steve, is that some things have changed over the last 20 years since Traction was written. Are they environmental? Are they economic? Are they digital? What are the changes you had in mind that you see as being the big step change or big differences or even incremental differences over, over those last 20 years? I mean, for, for one thing, uh, attitudes have changed. Yeah. So the millennial generation, they come into this business. They don't just want a paycheck. They don't just want to be a cog. Uh, in the machine, right? They want to uh, really own the purpose of the organization. First of all, they want a business that has a purpose where the purpose is not to build a great company. It's not inward looking, it's outward looking. How are we going to change the world? How are we going to improve society? Uh, so the millennials, they want uh, to work for a business where they can be proud of the purpose of the business. They feel like they're moving things forward. So that's a huge change. That requires companies to think of themselves differently. Secondly, you know, now we understand what EOS is. We understand that the concept and Gino was highly instrumental uh, alongside uh, Michael Gerber and Vern Harnish. He was highly instrumental with getting this concept out to the masses that it is possible to create a blueprint for a business and to build a business uh, like a franchise, but without having to belong to a franchise, you can make this business into a franchise prototype that's replicable, that is self-managing, that is going consistently. So he created that awareness. And now the next level of awareness is that you don't have to stop there. You can, it's not just creating a business that is manageable and it's consistent growing. You can turn this business into a category of one in its industry by following principles and taking them to the next level. So one of the things we, we talk about 
and that's the profit principle is that when you uh, figure out the first four principles, you, the people, so you've got a right culture, you, you have the right people in the right seats, you are coaching them all the time. Uh, you've got your vision and your strategy figured out and you create this alignment in the organization that everyone is rowing in the same direction. When you got your playbooks defined and ingrained in the organization and you have optimized them and when you have a great execution cadence with the rocks and the metrics and the meetings, then you're going to have a profitable business. But if you want to make it a category of one, then you have to benchmark yourself to the elite players in your industry segment. You have to know where, how profitable they are. And if they are 25% net margin, then how do you engineer your business so that your business delivers elite level profitability? And then how do you put together a strategy stack so that you can defend that profitability in the long term. You can sustain this business at an elite level of profitability with a unique combination of strategies that will be very hard to copy. Yeah. And that's what Pinnacle is about. Is, is Playbooks your collective word for the systems, the processes, the way we do things around here? It is. Yep. And has that changed over the last 20 years? I know in traction, you know, there's a cursory glance over of, of systems and processes at a really high level. And I think Gino makes the point of going, hey, look, you don't want to overdo it. You've got smart people in your business. You just need to document the process of how you follow. My take on that is, you know, people don't care about your process. It's good that you've got one. They care that you've got a process. And the story I hear is, you know, if, if we were to go to a restaurant and we ordered a, a meal and, and we asked for it to be cooked, you know, medium rare or what have you, you know, and if they came to us, the waiter come to us and says, hey, guys, look, I just want you to know, here's our six step process for how we're going to cook your steak today. And we're going to cook it to make sure we get it at medium rare as you've requested. We're going to sit back and go. I don't care about how you're going to do it. I just want the benefits of a nice, juicy, sizzling, medium rare steak. Hey, I need to know that you've got a process, but I don't need to know it. And, and I think that's where the, you know, the proven processes is missed the mark somewhat. But having said that, we need to have systems and we need to have processes. We need to communicate the benefit of that process in terms of the client values. And that's where I, I think we need to start talking about, you know, proposition IP or product architecture and, and just going beyond what is talked about there. Is, is that the sort of thing that you're covering in, in playbooks and, and making use of, I guess, digital systems nowadays? So I think, I think you bring up two types of of process from, from traction. So one is the idea that in order to be able to elevate your people and delegate, so Gino talks about elevate and delegate, yep. in order to be able to do that and so that everyone can step up and do higher value tasks so that the whole company is allowed to grow, you need to document your, uh, your, your processes. We call it define your playbooks yep. so that people with less experience and lesser intuition they can pick things up and they can be effective. And you also create some consistency that you can then improve upon because if you don't have consistency, you cannot improve it, right? So you need to have the processes. The second point you raise is the proven process idea so that you can demonstrate to the whole wide world that you are doing things in a different, you know, you've, you've got it figured out and there's a way to do things which is better than others, which is basically a tool for differentiating yourself in the eyes of the customer. Now, is this the best tool there is? I don't know. You know, you may have a point there that it's not that relevant, but that, that was kind of the idea. So playbooks are still important, not because of the customer, but because 
of me as a business owner, if I want to grow my business, want to create consistent uh, customer experience, uh, then I have to have playbooks and I have to uh, define them and I have to improve them over time. And, you know, there have been other resources since Traction that came out, most notably David Jennings, who is an Australian entrepreneur. He wrote a couple of years ago, he wrote a book called Systemology and he took a systemizing at a much higher level. And he talks about, which we also adopted in Pinnacle, this idea that someone demonstrates the process, uh, runs the process, who is the best practice performer of the process. And then you want to pick another person who will observe it and document it for you. In fact, you want to record this, the, the process being done. Like if you have a star salesperson, you want to video them how they do it or or record their words so that they can be in the flow with it. And then separately, someone else can be in charge of, okay, how do I document it? How do I capture it? And then you go through the process of letting people critique it and then you announce it, um, uh, which, which is a much better way than just give it to the process owner. You, you document it and put it in a file and then we're done. So uh, I couldn't have set that up better, Steve. I have been talking to Dave Jennings and he's coming on the podcast in a couple of weeks. So uh, I'll he's ask a great guy. Good for you. So, so you called out the four in, in, in what I shared about the two types of process. So there's, there's one is a, an operational process which you need for consistency, repeatability and reliability in getting your work done so that you're a profitable organization. Then there is the, the next level of, hey, look, how do I position and differentiate myself in the market from a strategic perspective? Have you got thoughts in, in the pinnacle model? Does, does that approach differentiation in or marketing strategy in any way? So in, in the pinnacle model, we, we talk about the uh, customer journey. Right. So our version of the proven process, so to say, is the customer journey because uh, we need to think about the buyer process and what the customer experience is as they get in touch with the company and how they experience working with us and how we turn them into a permanent customer and then a strategic partner ultimately who will uh, want to maybe work with us and refer business to us and we help each other. The other uh, big process is, which is really important is the employee journey because nowadays Finding the right kind of people and attracting them to our company, companies is harder sometimes than get to get customers, right? It becomes the new sales is, is, is hiring. So we want to really focus on our customer journey. We want to give them a really great experience that emotionally touches them, that binds them to the company, that wants them to become a raving fan of, of our company. So that's that's the first one. Um, the second question you had is the differentiation. So yes, US talks about the marketing strategy. That's the only strategy that uh, US uh, deals with. And we feel that there's a lot more to strategy than that. And we need to help companies uh, differentiate, especially if they want to become a category one in their industry. They definitely have to stand out. Um, if they want to have higher profitability, then they have to offer a differentiated product or service. So, so we have a, a couple of tools that we developed. One is what we call strategy squares, which is the idea that you think of a matrix, uh, the y-axis is positioning the business and the x-axis is differentiating your business. So you start by defining your core business so what is it that Jim Collins talks about? What is it that you can be the best in the world? 
well, best in your market, maybe not in the best in the world, but maybe maybe a local business, but yep. the best in your market as you define it. So what's your core business? How do we make sure that you're not trying to be too many things to too many people? Uh, do what you can be really best at. And then the next step is to define your brand promises and the relating brand promise KPIs. We call them kept promise indicators. So how do we demonstrate that we are whatever our brand promise, we are really delivering on it with metrics. And if you know what your core business is and what your brand promises are and how you prove that you are delivering on them to yourself and to others, then the one phrase strategy. So this idea that if you can get everyone in the company to understand and operationalize on, on your strategy, at least to 80%, to, if you can... <laughs> If you have a strategy that's 80% accurate, but everyone can execute on it in the business, it's much better than having a strategy which is 100% accurate, but no one really understands it and be able to take action on it. So that's the, uh, the one phrase strategy. So how do we distill it down? And one of my favorite reasonable examples is uh, MasterCard, who realized that if they go after the same market as Visa and American Express and, and diners, then they're gonna go after the 15% of the market, which is transactionalized through credit cards. Whereas there is an 85% sliver of the market, which is the cash transactions, that is a much bigger blue ocean for them to swim in. So they came up with the strategy is to kill cash. So they are all about killing cash. They are going after the 85%, they're converting the cash market into a credit card market. And that's how they can grow much faster than Visa and the others. Or, or Ikea, everyone knows Ikea. Ikea has been a dominant furniture company for the last 50 years. And their strategy is the flat pack, flat pack. So if you can put this furniture into a flat pack, it fits in the boot of your car and you can drive it home and assemble it tonight. And you have instantly the furniture that you saw it in, in the warehouse. That's the kind of business that Ikea wants to be in. And everyone understands it, that everything is geared to achieve that. Uh, so that's the one phrase strategy. And then finally, uh, what are your mindshare words? So how do you drive home your brand so that people are using the special terms that you came up with that puts you in a category of one, like think Starbucks, they brand even the servers in the, in the coffee shop, right? They, we call them baristas. They brand the size of the cup. We call them venti. Everything is branded. They are in a category of one by using mindshare words. So this is what we teach our clients. And then the other big concept is the strategy stack concept, but I'm not gonna go into it now because we're gonna run out of time. So Steve, what I've taken from this conversation is that the, the, the Pinnacle approach teaches and works with business owners to focus on five key areas, but those five key areas cover, you know, they spread across every aspect of the business. And, and as you were talking, I had this image in my mind of, of juggling five balls. And, and you can imagine, you know, you've seen a juggler. When a juggler's got the five balls you know, and doing a good job, it's a beautiful thing to watch. It's so neat. It's so precise. Yeah, and as we learn, we, we, we might drop a ball every then. But if we keep practicing, we keep focusing on getting it right, we do a good job and it ends up looking. And But it is poetry in motion. It is seamless. It is effortless. 
it is just keeps going and going and going. And rightly or wrongly, that, that's kind of what I've seen is, is that the business owners need to focus on, on the people and the purpose and the, and the playbooks and, and, the, and the profit. And there's the fifth one, performance. Looking at everything through those five, I guess, contextual words all the time, that just helps make running and the, the whole business easier. Is that a summary or is that, or have I totally missed the mark there? No, 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 you're absolutely right. And the idea is that, you know, we look at each company and we meet them where they are. So some companies already figured out their culture and they are coaching people. They've got people in the right seats, but they don't have their playbooks defined. So that's maybe that's where we need, that's the the higher, uh, the little hanging fruit is. Another company uh, is executing really well. They've got rocks and they've got metrics, but they don't know, uh, they don't have a purpose for the business or their strategy is not figured out. So they are executing, but they don't have a differentiating strategy. We need to start with the strategy. So we start with wherever the company is, and then we start to fill in the holes. We always go for the the lowest hanging fruits, the most higher leverage items. And then we it's like in concentric circles. So you go, go around the five things and you can do them at a higher and a higher level. As the company grows, the challenges uh, change, right? And we have to... Yeah figure out how to help this company get the next level. And we have a constantly evolving toolkit. Um, So it's an unlimited toolkit that we have, but the point is not to teach everyone all the tools. It's to use the right tool at the right time that helps the client. And as the business grows, I think as a toolkit, you you might take them through the full suite of five topics. And by the time you've gone through them, you need to refresh them, I guess, and, and, and revisit them as the business is now five times the size, five times the valuation. What was right for a business, you know, five years ago, or yeah, is no longer relevant for the business today, because they just outgrow them um, in, in so many areas. So Steve, look, it's been a real whistle-stop tour. We, we've covered, you know, we've bounced around the five topics. It's been yeah, a really enlightening conversation for me. For the listeners today, right now, what's the key takeaway that uh, you'd like them to remember from this conversation? It's that you can 5X your business, the value of your business in five years with the help of the five principles. And if you do that, I mean, think of it at the low end, let's say you have uh, only a business, which is maybe a million dollars top line, just being very conservative, 200, you make 200,000 profit. If you 5X that business, it's going to be uh, f- make a million dollar profit in five years. And with a four time multiple, that's four, $5 million. So if you get to this point, however small your business, if you five exit, then you will have created options for you. You will be able to transition to live your ideal life, whether inside the business or outside the business, it's gonna give you that NASDAQ. So that's why I think you should do that. The second reason is because if you want to attract A players to your business, you have to be a growth business. You can't afford to be just treading water because you're not going to attract good people and then your, your business is just going to be a grind. So you have to grow. And if you grow, uh, you're going to be a very uh, successful and, and happy. That's kind of uh, that's, my that's, final thought. That's brilliant. And, and, and one of the takeaways that I've taken from our conversation is, is the concept of an employee proposition. You've got a product proposition for, for, for customers of why they should purchase from you. you. You've planted the seed in my mind that we, we need to have an employee proposition because culture has changed. Why do people want to come to your business? What's different about you? What's your focus? There are so many takeaways. 
Thanks for your time, Steve. It's been a, a fascinating conversation and I can't wait to dig in and, and learn a bit more. Thank you, Daryl. I enjoyed it.